is a sports fan on ESPN-UP Thursday afternoon. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad to have you along. And because it's Thursday, Jake Duran of Local 3 in studio with us per usual. What's going on, man? Man, I braved the snowstorm. Glad you made it. I got here. It it wasn't easy. Glad I got here. Listen. So I'm on 3rd Street, driving to the station. It's like the main drag at people who don't know Marquette. It's like a main drag, a lot of foot population, a lot of, a lot of traffic. Within 45 seconds, I had a, a car not use their blinker in front of me. And then I was like, okay, come on, use your blinker. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's slippery out. I had a, a person run across the street in front of me, jaywalking. Um, and it wasn't like a clear distance. Like I had to hit my brakes or I think I would have actually hit these pe- this person. And then t- just a few seconds after that, somebody who was parked on the side of the street decided to just like, merge <laughs> into me to where she had to stop. And I stopped and put my hands in the air. I'm like, come on, people. I know it's the first day. Mm-hmm. It's winter. But let's let's do the, the you know, simplest traffic things you should know how to do just so we try to avoid some accidents. So it was an obstacle course to get here, but I'm happy to be here. And I'm ready to go. Well, we're happy to have you. I live three blocks away, and I thought I had it bad trying to get here. But I tell you what, I know the roundabouts are open and everything out there on 41, and I thought about, does is it worth going to Walmart today? You know, if I wanted to go pick up a few stuff, you know, is like the snow plus people are still trying to figure out the roundabouts. I think I'm going to wait. I don't think I'm going to risk going out yeah, there today. I, I think it's it's smart. I think you got to give it a grace period just mm. because people have to get their, their winter driving legs back underneath them. Even, you know, I'm, I'm commuting now from uh, – I'm, I don't live in Marquette now, so I have to commute into town. And, and um, even me – and I don't have to go into work until – till 3 p.m. so i'm driving and i'm still kind of sketched out it takes me a while you know give me a couple days i'll be you know shredding it but sending it but yeah it's a little sketchy out there right now. i'm not ready for it yet i'm just not ready for snow and i blame all the people celebrating christmas way too early i love thanksgiving and i want to celebrate thanksgiving then we'll go to christmas yeah i mean it's, it's early november and, and I, I i act surprised i grew up here mm. i know this happens every year but it just feels a little early it's a lot later than our snowfall last year too yeah, yeah and it's, it's crazy it, and I just think I, I just wasn't preparing. I think I was like in denial that summer's already over. We went through fall, which just went by quickly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, coming out of my apartment building today, I was just like, this is crazy. I tell you what, that means football season is, is uh, in full sw- uh, Wow, I'm trying to say full swing. There we go. There full swing and... Basketball season is right upon us. College basketball got going the other night. NBA is mm. a couple weeks old. High school basketball is going to be here before you know it. Mm-mm. I kind of like this time of the year. I know it's snowing, what have you. And I know people complain about the sun setting earlier. That doesn't bother me, to be honest with you. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do like my 930 sunsets every once in a while. Sometimes I kind of like, you know, the peaceful kind of darkness around, you know, just no. looking out the window. No, Jake's no. not with me on that. No, I like the sunlight. It, it's very depressing when you when I go into the studio at 6 p.m. Mm. and it's dark outside. It's already dark outside. So my whole shift that I work, I work till midnight. So I'm working. At, it just seems at night. It's all in the dark. It, it's terrible. Driving, it's hard. You know, it's fun to go and drive and shoot high school basketball in the winter and things like that. But, I mean... The more and more you're on the road, the more and more you're at risk to, you know, getting into an accident or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but we've been able to get through it and, you know, pick, pick and choose our spots. And, and I'm just not one of those guys. I like the sunlight, man. I mm-hmm. need the sun. The sun to feel good. I can deal without sunlight. I wish that I could give that up or give snow up so I could get less or more sunlight, whatever's easier. Mm-hmm. I just don't want snow. Right. And I have a buddy who literally just moved to Arizona mm-hmm. about a week and a half or good a couple timing. weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, he timed out really good. And so I have to deal with him sending me the weekly forecast of, of Gilbert, Arizona and how it's 80 degrees. 
and him just kind of, and, and I'm sending him snaps back, like, check this out. We got two feet of snow in November. Don't you miss it? And, and you know, he get, likes to give me a lot, of, lot, lot of smack talk. Oh, I think we're more than two. I think we've got more than two out there. I right just guessed. Now. I don't know. I think we're probably close to six out there right mm-hmm. now. But it's <laughs> tell you what. Uh, we got sports to get to. We've got the NFL starting a new week tonight. Week 10, we've got basketball to break down, college basketball. About everybody's got one game under their belt by now. We've got a big weekend in college football. Plus, who is the best quarterback who's never played on Super Bowl Sunday? Now, you might be thinking Dan Marino, but I said never played on Super Bowl Sunday. Dan Marino's been to it. He's just never won it. Who is the best quarterback that's never played in a Super Bowl? ESPN came out with a list of our best writers and list, and we're going to give you that list and discuss it over the course of the next hour. But let's start with Pick'em, because we have Thursday night football tonight. We've got the Chargers taking on the Raiders in Oakland tonight. Jake, what are you thinking in this one? I'm salty, man. I'm salty. salty. I'm salty with this Chargers team, man. <laughs> they, they, they brought it to the Green Bay Packers last week. It was a very just lackluster performance by my team. Um, I'm still salty, man. I can't get over that loss just yet. I got to go with the Raiders. All right, I, at home. I think the Raiders—they're coming off a bye. I'm not um, sure. They might be. They might, I don't know. Um, don't know it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm going to go Oakland at home. I think Oakland—they're a solid team. Um, they came to Green Bay and they—they mm-hmm. they were in that game until Derek Carr, um, you know, forgot forgot what he was doing. He decided to just drop the ball into the end zone. So I think they're a solid team. I, I just give them the the go ahead at home. It's going to be a close game. I think this will be a good one tonight. All right. Thursday night football. Jake and I both have the Raiders. How about the first game that we'll have here on ESPN-UP on Sunday? The battle for the Meadowlands. Giants and Jets. Technically a home game for the Jets, if that factors into your decision at all. It doesn't. It doesn't. Um, <laughs> I was, should it? Listen, I was a huge supporter of the New York Jets. I thought they would be a lot better. I thought they brought in a lot of good pieces. Um, obviously, Sam Darnold, Le'Veon Bell was going to be his kind of safety valve there. Um, and I thought they had decent receivers. I thought Sam Darnold would take the next step. I forgot they had Adam Gase. I guess, yeah, don't forget the quarterback whisperer. Yeah, I guess that's what I messed up. So I'm very disappointed in the Jets. I think the Giants, they've been in some games. They've played some pretty good teams. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go. Um, All right. Yeah. You and I are in agreement so far through the first two games. How about the late game on ESPN-UP Sunday? The Rams on the road taking on Pittsburgh. See, this one's tough. I mean, yeah. Pittsburgh, they've been doing, they've been playing pretty well. Won three of their last uh, four. You know, and um, it's tough. I, I, I can't go with Pittsburgh. No. I, I just don't trust the quarterback <laughs> there. I'm going to go with the Rams. And you, you got to look at who Pittsburgh's played in their last four it's games. True. I, I mean, they've won three of four, but they're the, not The Pittsburgh wins. defense has been playing pretty, pretty good, mm-hmm. and I like that, but... The Rams just have too much talent, and they have they have Jared Goff, so um, I think he'll he'll be the X factor. Yeah, Jared Goff will be better than the opposing quarterback for the you first would hope time so. in how long? Yeah, you would hope so. <laughs> how about Sunday night football? It should be a fun one. Vikings at Cowboys. This is a lose lose situation. I know for what me. you this want is, to this say. This is a lose lose situation mm-hmm. for me. I, I dislike both of these teams. Um, it's at the Vikings? Or? It is at Jerry it's World. At Jerry and World. Adam Oof. Thielen is out. Amari Cooper's questionable if that factors into your decision. It it, it doesn't. I mean, well, it does, obviously. But I, it's hard for me to pick the Vikings. I really want to see the Vikings lose, but mm-hmm. I think the Vikings will go down there and, and win against the Cowboys. I just I, The Cowboys like to lay eggs, man. They yeah, lost they to the Jets. They lost to the Jets, and when it's, it's a solid team and it's a winning team, 
Um, they just don't play as good as they as they should. So I don't really trust the Cowboys. I want to see the Cowboys win. Obviously, the Vikings are in the division, um, the, the NFC North. But I just can't go against Minnesota. Kirk Cousins been playing good. Um, Dalvin Cook is really good. I just can't go. I just can't go against him. I was listening to my good friend Paul Allen. He's the play-by-play voice of the Vikings. I was listening to his show earlier today, and a, a Cowboys fan called in, talked to him about. Oh, how the Vikings should be ready to get their world rocked on Sunday night football. Well, PA's response was, don't lose to the Jets, and people take you seriously. Right, and that's that's the, the ammo I have to offer my Cowboy friends. <laughs> you know, they could be like, oh, yeah, you know, that was a good win against the Giants. I mean, the Giants aren't great. Mm-hmm. All the other wins aren't great. It doesn't matter if you win four in a row. You still lost to the Jets. <laughs> that might be the Jets' only win. There's a really good chance. There's no excuse for that, and um, just the inconsistency of the Cowboys I don't really like, and, and Minnesota has been really playing really good. Mm-hmm. They should have won that game against Kansas City in all, in all reality, so um, I think Kirk Cousins has been playing a lot better. Um, there's going to be a time when he hits his wall, but I don't think it's against the Cowboys. How about Monday night football? This will be a really fun one. Seattle at San Francisco. San Fran's looking really good. Yeah, they are. Um, I still, you know, they, they've beat a couple decent teams. Obviously, that Carolina win was when I, my eyes kind of opened up to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I was like, they, they're not really beating anybody. I know they beat the Rams, but it's like, okay, the Rams yeah. aren't that great. And then the, just a bunch of just dud teams they beat. Um, I really like Russell Wilson. Um, this one's tough. I think I think Seattle goes in there and hands San Fran all the first right. loss. You and I... Are concurrent on all five picks this week. I can't make I can't make any ground on you if we keep picking the same teams, man. Seattle plus Josh Gordon. It's going to be his debut. Him, Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, DJ, uh, DK Metcalf. That's going to be a pretty good group. Yeah, I mean their receivers are a little underrated. Uh, mm-hmm. Tyler Lockett's been a playmaker. You know, deep threat. Um, he can hit the home run. DK Metcalf. Um, he's pretty much everything that that I thought he would be in his rookie season. You know, he runs a straight line really fast and and can make some plays. Uh, Russell Wilson is is the X factor for me. Um, and then if they if they can just play good enough defense and stop uh, stop Jimmy G and that group, Emmanuel Sanders was a huge get for San Francisco. Yeah, he's he been, was. He's been huge for them in the few games he's played. So that team's looking like they they don't really have any weakness. No. In San Francisco, you know, they got they got the D line, they got the pass rush. Uh, Richard Sherman's back to form, leading that secondary. Um, Quan Alexander, that was a huge loss for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he went out with, a, I think, a torn peck for the season, but that linebacking group has been pretty good. Um, it's going to be up to Jimmy G. I think Jimmy G has a couple games where he turns into that turnover machine, and it might be against Seattle. I tell you what, you look at this wide receiver group that Seattle has, and I was saving this for later in the show, but it's appropriate. It's a good tie-in now. Antonio Brown is set to have a hearing with the NFL here coming up, and today he went on Twitter and he had a profanity-laced rant against the NFL saying how he's never going to play for them again, never going to play for a league that exploits African-American athletes and was just going off on the NFL. Do you think that there is anything that can come out of this this hearing what have you with the NFL that can be beneficial to him as if is his time in the NFL done forever he just went on this rant today I, he did, did I miss this just a couple hours ago against the NFL mm-hmm. a few days before he goes and, and talks to the right this hearing's already been scheduled then he goes Man, on this his rant a couple hours just, ago this guy just this guy just doesn't get it no he just doesn't get it and and I, we all can see it mm-hmm. I mean he doesn't understand you know he, he just has that everyone against me mentality 
Um, and he doesn't, I just don't, I just think he's delusional. He is. And I, I was a huge Antonio Brown fan. Obviously, mm-hmm. he went to Central. You know, you knew his story. You know, late round pick, you know, fought through everything, hard worker. Um, and then he, you know, my buddy went to college with the guy. You know, he hung out with the guy. So I was a huge Antonio Brown fan. But I just can't. I, I, I've turned. I've turned, and I just think his time in the NFL is, is over. Especially when you're talking about the timing you're doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not a good. Like, stay off of social media, <laughs> and and just that somebody needs to step in and just be like, you got to get off your phone. You mm-hmm. got to get off. You got to get off. You can't do this. Um, it's just a bad story, man. It's it's a sad story, and I just don't see him playing again. I mean, really does not. he does he not have somebody close to him that he can turn to that can just you know, give him some tough love because he needs it more than ever right exactly. now? Exactly. Someone's got to go and be like, you are messing up, man. Mm-hmm. You know, you're losing money. You don't look good in 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 the public's eye. It, it's just not good. You got to stop. You got to stop doing doing what you're doing because it's hurting you. And even if he does go back and and gets the benefit of the, of, of the doubt. Up all these cases against him. The league's going to suspend him for a certain amount of time. Um, like a team could sign him potentially, but how long are you going to be out? Like, right. are you going to put him on ice just to have him on your roster for possibly a year suspension? Who knows? Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, I just don't see it, man. He's getting older. Um, he just is more of a headache than than you know. He's productive, obviously, but I just think it, what he brings off the field is just too much. For me, the biggest question is not. Will a team sign him? I do believe that the NFL were to allow him to play again, that a team absolutely would sign him because I still firm and, uh, firmly believe that there is nothing that someone can do that will make a team uh, blacklist you, completely get you out of their head if you can still help them compete. If you can still perform at a high level, an elite level, then someone will take a chance on you no matter what your past is. I still very much believe that, and I think that would be true. The biggest question is, will the NFL allow him to come back? And I don't think they will. Mm-mm. I mean, just look how he's been, you know, just he's just so erratic with his behavior. He doesn't represent the NFL like I know they want their players to represent the league. Um, you know, it just it's just one thing after another. I just think he's just mentally gone. He's just lost, disconnected with reality. Uh, I think he needs therapy, mm-hmm. um, and you know his, his just decision making just hasn't been great. And and I just feel like he's surrounded with a bunch of yes men who are telling him what he wants to hear, and it's not it's not helping. It's not helping, and and it's just gonna until he goes and gets you know actual help and is showing that he's uh, willing to change what he's been these last few years. I just feel like um, I don't know for the NFL. It's just it's just, it's just a pain. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Let's take our first time out. When we come back, Jake's got a new bandwagon he's jumping on. We'll tell you which one next on ESPN. You whoa, 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 whoa. Well, okay, okay, all right. You got something you want to throw up for the break? No, no. Okay, we'll, we'll save it after the yeah, break? Yeah, let him, let him think about it for a little bit. <laughs> next on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad you're long Thursday afternoon. Jake is on a new bandwagon. Would you like to tell the listeners, or am I going to get the honors to? So I'm not necessarily on this bandwagon. Yes, you are. So I jumped on the, the Clippers bandwagon when they signed Paul George. Mm-hmm. I said the Clippers are going to win the NBA championship this year, mm-hmm. barring any injury. <laughs> All I'm saying is I I actually believe the Lakers are for real. I was, I was questioning it to begin the season because mm-hmm. I said they do have LeBron. You know, they do have AD, but is that enough? Is that enough? 
and I, w- I wasn't sure. I didn't I didn't know if it was going to work. I think the Lakers are for real. Just watching them, I, th- I like what LeBron's doing. I know he started slow, but I feel like he's he's finding a good balance with getting his teammates going and scoring. And I feel like he's motivated. You know, he the Wash King. You know, he's out there. He listens to every everything everyone's saying. And he, and sometimes you just need a little bit of motivation. I think he's motivated. I'm a little bit more concerned about AD. He's had a couple of, like just off games, mm-hmm. off halves, where you're just kind of like, where did the guy go? Um, but I, I feel like with that supporting cast, Kyle Kuzma coming back, they're for real. I'm not on the bandwagon. I still yes, think you that, are. I still think the Clippers are the best team in L.A. I'm just saying I think the gap's closer than I maybe have thought prior to the season starting. The thing about um, L.A., I, I got to see Kawhi, man. I was so disappointed mm-hmm. that he wasn't playing last night against the Bucks, just because I feel like the Bucks were are obviously a lot of people feel like the Bucks are one of the best teams in the East, so mm-hmm. that was two heavyweights going at it. And you don't see Kawhi, Kawhi playing. He's been just taking time off. I'm just like, come on, man. Load management. Load management, uh, which is crazy just because it's so early on in the season. I can see if it was mid-season towards the end of the season um, and, you know, your body's kind of wearing down a little bit. You want to get some load management. But, I mean, it's crazy that he's taken uh, two nationally televised games. I'm, I'm sitting here watching, like, oh, the Clippers playing tonight at 10. Let's go. And there goes Kawhi not playing. So, um it's very it's it's sad, but you know they got Paul George coming back. He's supposed to practice with the team on Saturday. That's another question mark. I gotta see Kawhi and Paul George play together because mm-hmm. sometimes you know you get a couple of ball dominant guys. It doesn't work out as as cleanly as you want. But I think those guys will will play well together. So I'm on the Clippers bandwagon. I'm jumping on the Phoenix Suns bandwagon <laughs> as well. Um, I'm super. I, I like now. I'm not saying they're going to go win the, the NBA championship, mm-hmm. but I like what they're doing. I think um, you know the tanking is starting to show. Yep. Devin Booker. They brought in some some uh, vets. I think they were just so young. Mm-hmm. Um, Gallinari's there. Baines is there. Ricky Rubio is there. Um, mesh. I think it meshes well with Devin Booker and Kelly Oubre's definitely been playing a lot better. Yep. So I, I just like watching the Suns. I'm also on the Dallas Mavericks bandwagon. <laughs> Um, super big fan, uh, you know, Doncic over there, the the unicorn Porzingis. I think that's another team that's really fun to watch. And I'm not saying that I'm jumping on. I'm I'm just saying these are the teams I like to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I'm a Detroit Pistons fan till I die, but um, these are just some teams in the West that I like to watch. How that's about all. the other team atop the NBA standings with one loss, the Boston Celtics? You know, I mean, they're playing well. They're mm-hmm. playing well. They, their young guys are playing well. Jason Tatum's looking like a stud. Um, I know Kemba's, you said Kemba's coming back. Kemba is going to make his return to Charlotte tonight when Kem- the Celtics Kem- go on yep. the road to take Kemba's on the going, Kem- Kemba's going to Charlotte. Um, you know, they're gonna, he's going to be motivated to make a statement. Mm-hmm. So I do th- I do think the Celtics will win this game tonight. So, um, you know, they're looking nice. It, it You know, I kind of took my attention off Boston a little bit because I just kind of felt like, the team wasn't going to be as good this year, but you got to you got to respect them. Um, I respect their game. They're going to be definitely be a formidable opponent in the East. They'll be in the running there. Um, I'm just not in. The, I'm I'm all about the West right now, man. The mm-hmm. Western Conference is crazy right now, so um, that's where my attention's at. I tell you what, you talked about LeBron James. You brought up the washed king narrative, and there was you know certainly people saying, and I was one of them. I was wondering. Is Kawhi Leonard now the best player in the world? Has he taken that mantle from LeBron? And LeBron hears that, and you know, you said it. He knows what people are saying, and he was out here making statements in the, you know, on the floor, statements on the floor here in the early going, and he has looked like vintage LeBron. Now the thing is, now that he's got our heads turned back toward him, is he going to continue to play like this throughout the course of an 82-game season, or are we going to see a little regression now that he's back atop the throne? See, that's the thing. He's getting a little bit older, and obviously uh, he's going to wear down. I just don't see why the Lakers don't take the Kawhi approach. Mm-hmm. 
You know, the Lakers are over here sitting Kawhi down, you know, a fourth of the season, 20 games. I think Kawhi put a 65-game limit on his season. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just let LeBron do that? You know, get a little bit of lead in the, the West here and, and start lo- having load management for LeBron and, and just kind of getting prepped for what is ultimately going to be a heavyweight battle in the playoffs. Um, so I, you, there are some concerns because it's still really early. Um, and LeBron's getting older, but he's a machine. So I think he knows his body about, you know, as, as good as anyone. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's it's him, but um, he knows when he needs to rest. He knows when he can, you know, kind of put the foot on the gas. Um, I trust in LeBron's judgment on, you know, how he's feeling and things like that. I think he'll he'll definitely balance it out and be able to last, obviously, the whole season and make sure he's ready for what is ultimately going to be a playoff push. I wonder how many professions can get away with calling in sick to work and saying they need some load management days. Like, do you think I could just call in to Tom Mogish or GM tomorrow and say, Tom, I am taking a day off load management. You understand? You should definitely try yeah, that. You, work. you know what you should do? You should actually go. You should actually do that and record it and play it on your show just to see what he says. It's so like you know, I, I felt like I've been carrying the team a lot. Um, obviously, you know, I'm the star of the, of, the, of the company and things like that. But um, I just don't want to wear down. It's a long season. We still got basketball to, to, to cover and things like that. So. Yeah, load manage. Just see what he says. I would do it just for the reaction, just, just for the reaction. to see what it's like. Yeah, I was, I was kidding. Um, you know, I try to get load management at work myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm taking tomorrow off. That should be a segment. You, know, you you've got load management issues I got, over. I got a little load management. You know, you know, my, my my company lets me. Now I'm working on Saturday all day mm-hmm. Saturday, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take tomorrow off and just just chill because I got a lot of football to cover Saturday. I say this tongue in cheek. But I kind of want to try it because I think we would get some really good response from it. It should be a segment. Have our listeners record voicemails of them calling into their boss, jokingly, of course, asking for load management days off and playing the best responses here. And I say it jokingly because I think people might actually no, no, get seriously, in trouble. Actually, just thinking about it, this could be the next the next trend. What Internet trend. Internet trend, just have people recording them calling into work for load management. And just, <laughs> I can see it. I could definitely see it blow up and it become a thing. I think that'd be hilarious. We should definitely do that. I tell you what, college basketball starting to get in full swing. About everybody's got one game under their belt. Did you get a chance to watch Michigan the other night? Um, I did not watch Michigan play. I, I watched Michigan State play mm. um, here and there. Um, what kind of Wolverine fan are you? Well, it wasn't. I, I, I was busy working, <laughs> man. It was a little bit earlier in the in the evening. Um, a little bit. It was kind of a sketchy game. Mm-hmm. I, kn- I know the Wolverines went up. It was obviously Jawan Howard's first uh, real game as as a coach at Michigan. Uh, we almost had another Appalachian State blunder. Yes. I mean, I was like nervous. I was like hit and refresh on Stop my computer. Stop scheduling them for yeah, your like, season openers. Yeah, just, we should never play them again in any sport. I don't know what it is, but um, they got the win. That's all that matters. And um, you know, it wasn't the best performance, but um, obviously new coach, new players, new systems. Um, it's going to take a little while to get 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 it going. Michigan State they played really well mm-hmm. against Kentucky. Um, obviously, Kentucky knew they were going to reload that Maxi fella, um, their point guard. There, it looks like he's going to be a superstar. Um, you know, they didn't have an answer for him on the mm-hmm. perimeter. Um, and then Michigan State just couldn't hit hit shots. They no. just don't have a shooter. No, you know, they they, they were they, 
Winston was driving, making plays. They were able to get to the rim. They were they were feeding the post, and that was going well. But they weren't hitting open shots, and that mm-hmm. ultimately was the was the the difference maker. So they got to get they got to get shots up. They got to be able to they got to find someone who's going to be able to constantly knock down the shots. It's similar to what the Pistons were dealing with for a while. They don't really have a knockdown shooter. Kennard's coming in there and and doing some good things. So um, Michigan State's going to be fine. I think they're they're really good. Michigan. They're going to be there. They'll mm-hmm. be in games, obviously. Um, I think Juwan still has to build the program up a little bit. But, but um, yeah, big story last night, Cole Anthony for yeah, UNC, yeah, 34 points. I've got that coming points. up, actually, part oh, of the update. Yeah, 34 points. He scored as much point, oh, as many points as Syracuse <laughs> did the whole team. I, I, I connected the dots last night. I'm like, wait, this freshman, most points ever by an ACC freshman. And then I looked at the Syracuse score. I'm like, they only scored 34 points against Virginia. That's that was insane. part of the update I've got coming up. Well, Cole, there, Anthony, Cole Anthony set an ACC record last night by scoring 34 points in his collegiate debut. Syracuse, meanwhile, took on the defending champions, Virginia, in the Carrier Dome and lost 48-34. So one player scored as many as an entire team last night in the same conference. You know, and that's impressive in of its own for Cole Anthony and maybe concerning for a defense like Syracuse. You knew that would be a low-scoring game, Virginia and Syracuse, as much as those teams focus on defense. It's impressive on Virginia's side, though. They graduate four or five starters from last year's national title team, two guys that went first round of the NBA draft, Mm -hmm. and they still go into the Carrier Dome and they hold Syracuse to 34. Right. Um, and that's just kind of the the culture that they've built there at Virginia. Obviously, defense is a huge a huge thing. It, it can hurt you the mm-hmm. way they play. Obviously, um, just a few years ago, they got kicked out of the tournament because they couldn't score points. Uh, but but you know they're they're recruiting the guys that fit the system, and you're going to find long lengthy guys that can defend. Um, and and Syracuse just didn't really have an answer. 34 points, that's that's mm-hmm. absolutely atrocious. I'm sorry. Um, you're a D1 college basketball program. You've got to <laughs> score more than 34 points. And I know they're facing Virginia, who's a really good defensive team, but but you gotta you should be able to score 34 points. I mean, come on. Cole Anthony, shout out to him, man. He doesn't really look like he, he would be that good. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not the tallest guy or anything like that. Um, but he's just shifty. He can just shoot lights out, deep shots, just money. Um, I think that was that was kind of something that really stood out to me was was Cole Anthony's performance. UNC looking strong as ever. You know, I, and I thought it was weird that the ACC is starting out with conference games. And I didn't like it at first, and now I'm starting to come around to it a little bit more. And now I know I you know I understand better why they do it. They just launched the ACC network. They want to show off some conference games early. Plus, they expanded the schedule from 18 conference games to 20, so they want to have you know more games, and they got to fill spots with that. So they do it early in the season. But there were some teams that looked impressive. I think we learned a lot about a lot of the ACC teams. Boston College looked awfully good last night, but they were playing Wake Forest. And I don't know if Danny Manning is going to last the season at Wake Forest. Yeah. He was a heck of a player, but he's never got that program off the ground as a coach. You know, I remember growing up and being, you know, in my teenage years when Boston College and Wake Forest were were legitimate, mm-hmm. legitimate teams. You're talking about like Chris Paul coming through there. Um, Jared Dudley was on just an amazing Boston College team. I, I, I don't, I can't remember. Tim name. Duncan. Tim Duncan was there at Wake Forest, and I just remember when Wake Forest and, and Boston College were were some teams. That's when Maryland was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, those were the days, man. Those were the days. I tell you what, we learned a lot about Georgia Tech, I think, the other night. They had one of the more impressive wins out of any ACC team. They did it a couple of nights ago. That being said, they're still banned from the NCAA tournament this year. But <laughs> Virginia Tech had a really nice win the other night as well with Mike Young 
as a first-year head coach. So college basketball is back, and I'm here for it. Can I say one thing yeah, uh, uh, for Georgia Tech? Does anybody out there remember Ishmael Muhammad off, off of Georgia Tech? This guy could dunk just insane. I just, mm-hmm. I, I just, that just reminded me of Ishmael Muhammad. Shout out to him. Didn't really do anything in the NBA, but I just remember him just being a high flyer for Georgia Tech. It's it's sad when Georgia Tech's not a really good program. They they they've had some really good teams. They're one of those teams that I really like their court, like how they paint their court yeah. and everything. I like that. Right. They, Fo- cool they can't play football at all. No, they can't. Not they, even they, when they had Calvin Johnson. No, but they could definitely play basketball. I tell you what, we had a few other storylines from college basketball stood out to you. Kansas are they going to be the most overrated team in the country? Because I know they lost to Duke, but they turned the ball over twenty eight times. They don't have any good guards, at least yeah. not right now. Yeah, you know. It's tough. Uh, you, they they brought in talent. Obviously, they're just one of those blue blue blood programs. But twenty eight turnovers mm-hmm. is an absolute just insane, mind blowing amount. I don't think they're going to turn the ball over that many times. Obviously, Duke is a really good program as well. Um, but I could see them maybe losing some games that maybe they shouldn't lose. Um, it's going to be tough to see. But it's hard. It's hard after one game. You're, mm-hmm. you're playing at Madison Square Garden. You got a bunch of young kids coming in there, um, playing against a team like Duke. Um, it's just tough, man. It's a tough. It's a tough game to gauge just because of all the X factors in that game. So I think Kansas will be fine. Um, I don't expect them to turn the ball over that much. I just wonder about Kansas. What they did to deserve this kind of praise and recognition earlier? They were a four seed in last year's tournament. Now they're ranked fourth in the country this year. And I don't know where they really got better this offseason. No, I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's just the name. Maybe it's just Bill Self. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Kansas State's a really good. You know, yeah, they Kansas, could surprise a lot of people. They, they might be able to do something, but um, I, I would just say it's it's name. They, you know, maybe it's just returning talent. I don't really know. I really don't know. Sometimes you know they just throw in those names just to have them there. What did you think of Duke the other night? Cassis Stan or that Stanley kid is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not bad. No, you know they're nothing crazy. It wasn't mm-hmm. anything insane, but you know they got they obviously got players. Uh, Coach K is obviously recruiting well. Um, I was just more impressed. I think I was just more impressed by by the Maxi kid from Kentucky, yep. and then I was really impressed by Cole Anthony. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I got to see more. I got to see more from these Duke guys. I tell you what, Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. We're hitting the bottom of the hour, actually, just a little past it. So let's take our next time out. When we come back, who is the best quarterback to never play on Super Bowl Sunday? ESPN's answered that question. We'll have a nice discussion about it next on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad you're along. Here's your Sports Center update. Last night, the Detroit Red Wings acquired Robbie Fabry from the St. Louis Blues in exchange for Jacob Delarose. Blake Griffin has been cleared to participate in basketball-related activities and is considered day-to-day. And finally, a Reddit user found a correlation between James Harden's box scores and the rating of strip clubs on the road city that he participates in. Somebody actually went on Reddit, and they found James Harden's numbers go down the better rated that city strip clubs are. Like, I saw the graph, and the correlation's hilarious, for one thing, and it's true. Like, he, his, some of his best games ever have come in Toronto. His best road games have come in Toronto, which, out of all the cities that have NBA teams... Toronto has the lowest rated clubs, according to Google search. And Miami, where he's had really bad games on the road in his career, have the best adult clubs. There is a correlation. There is a correlation. There is a correlation. 
um, I, I see what's going on here, and <laughs> I mean, you can't blame the guy. That, that brings <laughs> me back to that brings me back to. Sorry, this is going to go off topic to the Green Bay Packers game. Yeah, there was yeah. there was some talk that you know Aaron Rodgers was hinting that there might have been some players who went out. You know, they were there for two nights. Mm-hmm. They weren't playing at the level they wanted to play. He said we had to really question our routine, what we've done in the last forty-eight hours. Um, all I can really picture is this team going out. Enjoying the LA nightlife. Mm-hmm. Can you blame them? They're from Green Bay. You know? right. These are professional athletes, man, and they don't just sit up in their house, you know, all season. They they hit the city. They go out. They they want to be in the public eye. Um, that might be coincidental, but I could definitely see James Harden indulging maybe a little bit too much, and then you know maybe having a bad performance here and there in, in some of the bigger cities. Like I don't blame them. It's Miami. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's why I always say. You know, to play in Miami, you got to really, you got to really be on your stuff because there's so much extracurricular stuff going on. You know, you got to really be focused and things like that. But, um, you know, you go to Green Bay it's, or you go to one a smaller city, it's like there's nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, a little bit more focus on basketball. Who knows? After I got done laughing, I was looking at the graph and I'm like, there is a real correlation here. I don't know who had the idea to, that's a, that's to do insane. this. Yeah, to look, go on his work computer. And look up adult nightclub ratings from all the cities with NBA teams and make a list and then piece it against James Harden's numbers to see if there was a correlation. And then there was, which may be the most hilarious part of all this. Salt Lake City was ranked third on this list, mm. which I never would have, <laughs> never would have no. expected. I tell you what, let's move on to this list because ESPN came out with a list and, you know, the parent company, they're always right. So who is the best quarterback to never play in a Super Bowl? Well, to never win a Super Bowl, it's probably Dan Marino. That's probably the name that all of us are thinking, the best quarterback to never win a Super Bowl. We're talking about quarterbacks who have never even played in a Super Bowl. Bill Barnwell headed this list. Uh, We had a bunch of analyst writers who put this together And we have a top 10 we're going to reveal for you, and we're going to discuss it. So let's count it down, as we like to do here uh, here in the sports pen. And let's begin with Jeff Blake. Jeff Blake, kind of a journeyman quarterback. He had a 14-year NFL career, and he played for seven different teams. The Jets, the Bengals, the Saints, the Ravens, the Cardinals, the Eagles, and the Bears. He was a one-time Pro Bowler, but he's number 10 on this list. And this shows you kind of the depth of this list, that there are some guys you may need to have to look up to know anything about them because I'm guessing a lot of people haven't heard of Jeff Blake, yet he's still top 10 on this list. Yeah, I mean, he played for some pretty bad teams, too. Mm-hmm. Um, don't really know much about Jeff Blake. Uh, it looks like he had a pretty solid career for what he was doing anytime he can be in the league for 13 years. Um, but I just feel like sometimes it's it's where you end up. It's it's the situation, obviously. And some of these guys, they just don't, you know, especially with these journeymen, you're going to teams who don't have quarterbacks. Right. So when you get, it's kind of like uh, Fitzpatrick. Will mm-hmm. he ever win a Super Bowl? I don't think so, just because he's always going to teams that are, are patching up the quarterback position and, and they don't have a quarterback. And, and normally those teams are bad. So um, shout out Jeff Blake. Had a solid <laughs> career, but that that's it's, it's a shame. Number nine on this list. And actually, I'm kind of surprised he's this low on the list is Randall Cunningham because he's a lot more recognizable. And we know what he did. I mean, we know how good of a quarterback he was, but he was a guy who had the talent. He was just never on the right team. Yeah. Um, this guy, obviously, he was an innovative player in the NFL. Um, you know, he can move, he can throw, he can do things like that. Um, had a good shot in 1998 with the Vikings, yep. Randy Moss and company. Um, they even led, it says, in the NFC Championship game, and it just it just didn't go his way. 
Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of crazy to hear, just because you know um, a lot of people look up to him and and, and things like that. So. Um, shout out Randall Cunningham. Sorry for you, bud. Number eight on this list, best quarterback to never play on Super Bowl Sunday, Jay Cutler. Does it surprise you that this he's ahead of Randall Cunningham? It does. It does. Um, this, I mean, we all we all know the story. He was in the NFC Championship against Green Bay, and he had some <laughs> phantom injury. That was his best shot. Um, I just don't think he had the, the want to. No. I don't think he had the will. Um, he, I think he was kind of going through the motions a lot of his career. He was he was pretty good, you know. He's an athletic guy. He had all the talent in the world. I just don't think he he wanted it bad enough. Mm-hmm. And so seeing Jay Cutler on this list, it does not surprise me. Number eight, maybe I would I would have him probably ahead or at nine. I would flip yep. Cunningham and Cutler, but um, smoking Jay Cutler, man, <laughs> that just doesn't surprise me. This this one I'm pretty. This one doesn't surprise me. Here's another guy I'm surprised is this low in the list. At number seven, Jeff Garcia. I love Jeff Garcia. I do too. I mean, Jeff Garcia, people forget how good he really was, he was around the turn of the century. Yeah, he was, and he was on some pretty darn good teams. He was a Canadian football champion. He won a great cup, and he came to America, and he had some pretty darn good teams that he quarterbacked. And his career, you know, kind of took a turn once, you know, they started having turmoil in the locker room. You remember that 2004 interview Terrell Owens had? He started the rumor Jeff Garcia was gay, and things in the locker room transpired onto the field after that. Yeah, and I, I just remember Jeff Garcia. A lot of people, he, he kind of rubbed people the wrong way a little bit. I think just his personality and things like that. Mm. I did like who he was on the field, like I said. Um, always played hard. You know, had a good arm. He was he's more mobile than people would might have guessed. Um, so he was a good player, but anytime you're dealing with a head case like T.O., I mean, things like that, these are these X factors that come into play. Um, and then, you know, just not being able to, to take advantage of your opportunities, which he didn't have many, but um, I still love Jeff Garcia. I, you know, he's one of those guys. He's kind of like, he's a better F- Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think. Fitzpatrick, mm. you know, he could play here and there, and he's solid, but Jeff Garcia was above average, but he was a journeyman. It was weird. I tell you what, I'm, I am surprised that he's this low on this list. Coming in at number six, we have Jim Everett, another guy who was kind of a journeyman, not known as much for what he did on the field. You know, he did lead the NFL in passing touchdowns two years. He was a pro bowler once, but he had a 12-year career playing for three different teams. He's old enough that he played for the L.A. Rams before they moved back from St. Louis. But I think people remember him the most from the 1989 NFC Championship game where his line was just getting blown up and he was just spending most of the game on the turf. And at one point, he saw the defense coming and he just fell to the ground. Like he was anticipating a sack and that was parodied and made fun of. And then he gets in an on-air fight with Jim Rowe. This is that guy. This is that guy. I I didn't actually ever watch this guy on the field, Mm -hmm. but I do remember when Jim Rome and him got in a fight. Um, It's not really good when you're best known for that. Um, it, you know, he's, he was an above-average quarterback, just just couldn't get it done. Um, it's sad that he's going to be remembered for fighting Jim Rome on air. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't really know too much about this guy, but, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out. That is the 6 through 10 portion of the list from ESPN, headed by Bill Barnwell. Best quarterback to never reach the Super Bowl, 6 through 10, Jim Everett, Jeff Garcia, Jake Cutler, Randall Cunningham, and Jeff Blake. Going on to the top five at number five, is Jim Hart, a guy who we talk about being old enough to remember when he played for this team. He played for the St. Louis Cardinals before they moved to Arizona. He's part of the Arizona Cardinals Ring of Honor. Also spent one season with the Redskins. Went to the Pro Bowl four times. He was an All-Pro in 1974. 
but he never reached the Super Bowl, and that's why he's on this list. He was on a bad a bad team. I mean, when he was playing uh, three ten win seasons in a row, um, but yeah, I mean, he he went up against some stiff competition, some really good defenses um, in the seventies. There, it says the Vikings and Rams stopped Hart in his tracks in the divisional round um, many a time. So playing for the Cardinals, I mean, sometimes it's your competition, and um, yeah, just couldn't get it done. Number four on this list. This is an interesting one. How about Tony Romo? Tony Romo. Fourth greatest quarterback ever to never play on Super Bowl Sunday, according to ESPN. You know what? I I hope people will be able to step back and remember how good Romo was and where his numbers are in his career. You know, he, he had a shot at getting to the Super Bowl, and he's not known for being a clutch guy, but... Overall, the body of work, the numbers throughout his career were pretty good. I mean, he was solid. He was above average. Obviously, he played there in in Dallas for a long time, but um, he was kind of the one that got that got you know Stephen A. saying it's just an accident waiting to happen mm-hmm. because in those big moments, just something bad would always happen. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's the snap slipping through his hands, ill-timed interceptions, fumbles, um, injuries pl- plagued him a little bit towards the end of his career. I'm a huge Tony Romo fan, not a huge Cabo fan, but. Um, it's sad. that was sad to see. Um, it was sad to see, but like I said, man, they just they just never could get a, a team around them that could really really battle for a Super Bowl. And and um, like I said, when he had his opportunities, they slipped right through his fingers. I'm glad he's in the booth now. Anyway, I like him more in the booth than I did in a cowboy uniform. Mm-hmm. How about number three on the list? Here you start to get into some Hall of Fame territory. Guys that had the numbers, they didn't have the rings, and that's why they're not in the Hall. Number three, Dan Fouts. Generational talent. He just never reached Super Bowl Sunday. I don't really know, man. I don't know why this guy wasn't able to do it. Um, Had some good teams and things like that, but um, just wasn't able to do it. I don't know. This guy, obviously, the Chargers franchise that's some pretty bad luck. <laughs> Chargers have struggled when it comes to having good quarterbacks and not building around them. Number two, which I'm honestly a little surprised he's not number one. We'll get to it in a moment. Number two on the list is Warren Moon. Warren Moon never played on Super Bowl Sunday. In my opinion, it's hard for me to argue, but I it'd be very easy for me to say that he is the best quarterback that's never played on Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, he played really well. Um, he... he Killed it in the CFL. Yeah. Won five championships um, and things like that. I, it, it says that his closest trip was in 1993. His his team went 12-4. and four. Um, Team finished fourth in league in both points scored and points allowed. They got a first-round bye, but then they got beat 30 to nothing by the Chiefs. Mm. Mm. I tell you what, he is one of those guys, and that's interesting because that was back before the conference realignment Mm -hmm. the Seahawks and the Chiefs could meet before the Super Bowl Warren Moon has actually gone to two Super Bowls after retirement and he has a Super Bowl ring as a broadcaster with the Seahawks he's been to the Super Bowl as a Seahawks broadcaster he did get a ring for winning uh, what Super Bowl would that have been when they just crushed Denver 43 to 8 that game at MetLife Uh, was that 48 might have been 48. I don't remember. Yeah, it, it was right around that time. But whatever time that was, Warren Moon got a Super Bowl ring. There you go, Warren. So I tell you what, the best quarterback to never play in a Super Bowl, 2 through 10, Warren Moon, Dan Fouts, Tony Romo, Jim Hart, Jim Everett, Jeff Garcia, Jake Cutler, Randall Cunningham, and Jeff Blake. Who is number one according to ESPN? Well, the greatest quarterback to never play in Super Bowl Sunday is active. Unlike the other guys on this list, he still has a chance to do it. 
And he's going to be playing tonight. That is Mr. Philip Rivers. Does it kind of surprise you that he's number one on this list? It kind of does. I mean, not not as much as it should just because he's he's obviously playing right now. We know he's an above-average quarterback. Um, this was just one of those things, man, where there was just teams in the AFC. You know, obviously you had Tom Brady, arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. That was a huge obstacle. Peyton Manning was there. Eli Manning was there, et cetera. I think this is just a, a case of your competition is just is just really good and unfortunately you know he's he's made he's he's made some noise he's been in the playoffs um he's just one of those one of those quarterbacks that you just can't get it done in the playoffs i mean he's he's an above average quarterback his whole career um been to pro bowls and things like that but um you know maybe it's a sidearm throw maybe it's a little duck he likes to throw but um it's 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 surprising but it's it's not it's not too surprising um just because you know, he's he's had a lot of success. He just hasn't been able to get it done. He is one of those guys that he's a generational-type talent. He's a generational quarterback whose team didn't build up around him. He's had other quarterbacks in the league at the same time as him whose organizations are willing to build around them better than the Chargers, whether they were in San Diego or L.A., did for Phillip Rivers. And you wonder if that trade at draft day in 2004 never happened. If he had went to the New York Giants instead of Eli Manning, would he have had the success that Eli did, or even more so? Yeah, I mean that's a good question. I think he he might have been able to get one. I, those de- I would think he's so. never seen a, he's never had a defense like those Giants defenses mm-hmm. that Eli had, or anything like that. And it, and it has seemed like the 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 management for the Chargers has been doing a better job getting talent around him. But it's it's things like the injuries that that have happened. Just going off last year. This was a team that was supposed to come in this year and give him his best shot. And obviously, Derwin James goes down, et cetera, et cetera. So um, a little bit of case of bad luck. And then, like like I said, there has been times where he needs to play big, and he hasn't He hasn't played great. So um, a little bit of that falls on his shoulders, especially in those bigger games in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, it's sad. It's sad to see. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you coming up on our last break. Let's take it now when we come back. A big weekend of college football plus – We have number one versus number two, but not really. We'll get to that after this. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any of today's show, get caught up on demand. Get our free mobile app from the Apple iStore Store or Google Play or look at ESPNUP.com for the on-demand there. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad to have you along. College football this weekend is going to be one for the books. We've got unofficially number one versus number two basically whoever wins this game is going to take over the top ranked spot in the country plus you've got penn state minnesota a couple of unbeatens in the big 10 it's gonna be a really fun weekend of college football what game are you gonna be watching i'm gonna be watching lsu alabama yep. lsu alabama man um this is gonna be this is gonna be a good game i, I think Alabama's gonna win i like the home field advantage um joe burrow still just kind of sketches me out man he kind of sketched me. I haven't really seen him play a lot this year, but um, you know, Alabama at home—they just been through. Nick Saban doesn't lose at home. No, he's lost five five games at home his whole t- tenure there. So and he doesn't lose to LSU. He doesn't lose to LSU. You know, him with the ties to the program, he's going to do whatever it takes for his team to win. Um, until I see LSU actually beat Alabama, I, I got to go with Alabama. But that's going to be that's going to be two heavyweights going at it, man. You see a lot of good talent at all the positions. Um, I think it's going to be a very close game, but I can't go against Alabama. I like that game. You know, and I don't want to disrespect LSU because I love Joe Burrow and what he's done this year, and I think that they have been a team that 
has been able to withstand their flaws. You know, sometimes they struggle stopping the run every once in a while. We all thought Grant Delpit would be their best corner, and it's not. You know, and he, it's not that he's been bad. It's just everybody in that secondary has been really good. I don't want to disrespect LSU because I like what they've done this year, and they honestly should be the top-ranked team in the country in my eyes. But on paper, this should be a 10-13 to 13 point win for Alabama at home. The only thing holding me back is Tua Tagovailoa's health. He's, oh, he's listed as questionable. He's going to play. Oh, he's playing. He is absolutely playing. The biggest question for this game is not will Tua Tagovailoa start the game. It's will Tua Tagovailoa finish the game. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest area of concern. Got to protect him. He definitely, if he's going to try to use his feet, get down. Um, it, it, he's he's probably the X factor. But um, if he's playing, I got my money on Tua over Joe Burrow. Um, and and it's. it's it's hard because I, I go against Alabama every year. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't mind Alabama, but I just like to see Alabama get beat. And I've been doing that too long, and I can't go against them. Um, it's just, it's just here we go again. Alabama's going to go in. They're, they might beat them by two scores, and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I forgot this is Alabama we're talking mm-hmm. about. They always have players. Um, so yeah, I, I just think Alabama's going to win it. If there was a year to go against Alabama, this would be it, it. because no one has ever been number three in the initial college football playoff rankings and gone on to make the college football playoff. Mm. I don't know if that Uh-oh. trend continues, but we do have a pretty sizable sample size. We've been doing this six years now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's actually a crazy stat, but, you know, it's it's going to end at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to see Alabama at Ohio State, man. Mm. That would be great. That's what I'm, I'm hoping for. I don't want that. Too cliche. <laughs> Tell you what, it's too cliche, but it's the two best schools in the nation in my eyes. We think, we think. Although I think all of us have been underrating Penn State, myself included, for the most part this season. And here they are, Penn State. They got to get by the Gophers this weekend, though. Yeah, I mean Minnesota's. They, they <laughs> listen. Their record is is what it is. But come mm. on, man. They're. I don't think they're as good as. No, as, I don't think the Gophers are a true eight and zero team. But I'm allowed one bandwagon. Haven't they, haven't they won like out? all their games by like two points? Against some pretty mediocre competition. Right. That being said, keep your team, eye out on Clemson too. Don't don't forget about Clemson. My team has been eliminated from college football playoff contention for all intents and purposes. Yep, I'm a Gophers guy now. I'm going to be on the Gophers bandwagon oh for the playoffs. I'm allowed one bandwagon. If you're you allowed five, <laughs> well, this is two different sports. <laughs> well, what bandwagon should I jump on? In this? sounds like you're on the Bama bandwagon. I'm on the Bama bandwagon. You but could have I- Baylor. That's about uh, as much of a risk. Minnesota yeah, Baylor, yeah, it's comparable. Yeah, I can't really be jumping on. You know, I, 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 it pains me to say it, but I, I think Ohio State's the best team in the nation. <laughs> I think they're going to run over Michigan. Um, I just like what they have. Jake, you know, Dobbins. Mm-hmm. I think Chase Young is just an absolute monster. Yeah. They're just strong. Um, I could definitely see them um, going up against an Alabama and just being able to wear them down. I know they'll keep, keep. You know, they've just been scoring. They can score multiple ways. I think their backs are very versatile. Um, and it, it really hurts me to say that Ohio State is the best team in the nation, but um, got to give credit where credit's due. I'm just very impressed. You know, I watch Big Ten football more than I watch SEC football, mm-hmm. and the couple times I watch Ohio State, I'm just like, this team is amazing. They, I, they're just they're just that good. I agree with you that I believe Ohio State is the best team in the country, talent wise, just based on the eye test, based on resume. Though I do think LSU should be ranked number one right now. Mm-hmm. I do. I think they have the best wins. You think about it. Who has the most impressive win in college football this year? And, you know, teams like LSU, Ohio State, Alabama, you take them out of the rankings, you know, if at least in this sense, because you need somebody with one loss. And the next highest-ranked team is Georgia. They're the highest-ranked team that's lost this year. 
in South Carolina. You know, I don't know if that's the best win that anybody's had this year, but I know LSU has had two wins over teams that are in the top ten right now. Mm-hmm. They beat Texas, who is a pretty good team despite where they are. Mm-hmm. I, I just think LSU has the resume right now. They should be number one in the country. They get a chance to prove it Saturday right. night. And that's what it is. It's, it's, it's show me um, and improve it. And obviously, yeah, uh, they – obviously taking strength the schedule and who you're facing and and wins and things in this thing so um lsu's done everything they need to do they've won against obviously all their opponents um beating some really good teams and when you go to lsu these players know the one game that's going to matter it's if you're on lsu it's this alabama game if you're on alabama you got to beat lsu and um it's 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 this is why i like college football because mm-hmm. this is not the playoff but it's going to have that type of atmosphere it has the implications um it's just going to be a great game we should definitely watch this game absolutely we should and, and we're planning to i hope yeah but i tell you what i am rooting for chaos because i want an 18 playoff i know you do too mm-hmm. and chaos is the way to make that happen so the most chaotic scenario i can think of let's say Oh, let's let's get really wild. I mean, if we want to get really <laughs> chaotic, we can say that Baylor and Minnesota both went out. But if we want to say realistic chaos, how about this? Somebody is going to have to lose Saturday night between Bama and LSU. So what if they meet Georgia in the SEC championship? Georgia wins the SEC, so all of them have one loss. But Georgia's loss came to South Carolina. Then you have the Pac-12 champion win out. The Big 12 champion, if it's Oklahoma, they went out. So then you have three different Power 5 conferences. They're champions, all with one loss. Could Georgia, could you make the case that Georgia could be left out compared to Oregon? Because Oregon's loss is not nearly as bad as losing mm-hmm. to South Carolina? I, I mean, I don't know what they would have to do. Because I Georgia's mean, case would right. strictly be on the eye test if that happened. Right. That would be tough, man. And I don't know what they would do. I mean, that's why I'm hoping we get. I, it. I hope we get that too. I mean, that, that now it's what is it? You just put them names and hats and just mm-hmm. pick it out. I don't really know, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you in that sense where it's like let's just have the most ridiculous scenario happen. So um, they have to really start thinking about if this is going to be fair. You know, we got to maybe expand this a little bit. I just don't see why expanding is is not an idea that mm-hmm. should be be implicated because or implemented because. Who wouldn't want to go see some of these teams go up against each other and things like that? It would just make it more exciting to me. Um, I don't know what they would do, honestly. Because you think about it, the worst-case scenario for the NCAA, you've got five Power Five conferences. What if each of their champions went undefeated? You would have to leave somebody out, and chances are that would be the Mm Pac-12. Because they're the weakest conference. (laughs) You would have to leave somebody out, and I know that's probably not realistic, all five Power Five champions, you know, win out, go undefeated. Plus, you have Notre Dame. Who knows what they might do? Well, we know what they're going to do. They're going to lose two games and not be in the running. Come on now. I tell you what, that's kind of why I'm hoping that we get chaos and we hope that we get an expanded The more chaos, the better in college football. I mean, that's that's what we want to see in any sport. Mm -hmm. I like the chaos. I like when scenarios happen and things like that. And, you know, one good thing about college football is every game matters, and that's what makes the sport so unique, so... With that, it is 5 o'clock. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. What do you have going on at Local 3? Man, high school districts, are, uh, volleyball districts are wrapping up, so I've been covering a lot of volleyball lately. We just wrapped up the final uh, episode of the football edition of the Sports Zone. Um, I'm still going to be covering high school football as, you know, 
these UP teams are still moving on on local three, six, and eleven. Um, a lot of NMU stuff. NMU hockey is just on fire right now. Um, and then we're getting prepped up for high school basketball season. Sports Zone is going to return sometime in December, I think. Um, so keep on the lookout, and we're going to cover girls and boys basketball. So it should be a good time. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. That's it for us. Back on tomorrow, same time and place, 4 Eastern, 3 Central on ESPN, UPWZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.